Hi, men. It's Mike Young with Noble Warriors coming to you with episode one of the Noble Man podcast. I'm recording this in a newly updated studio here at the Noble Warriors Leadership Zone. Todd Christian came in this weekend and actually put in some soundproofing and cleaned out some clutter, set things up so that we've got a better studio environment to uh, to be able to bring this to you. So we're pretty excited about what's happening with the Noble Man podcast. Some of you may be curious about why we record recorded episodes two, three, and four before we recorded episode one, and we just felt like those were timely issues that we wanted to hit, and we could circle back and do episode one anytime. We could uh, go back to the beginning anytime, and so that's what we're going to do today and really tell you about the origin of Noble Warriors. That's a question that we get asked frequently. How did this all come about? How long have you been doing this, and um, how do all the pieces work? So I'm going to endeavor to tell that story for you today and let you engage it as you will. Uh, I hope it'll be an encouragement to you, and I hope there is someone, man, my prayer is there's someone out there who's wrestling with calling in their life even right now, and they're waiting to hear from the Lord about what they should do next. And, you know, perhaps it's men's discipleship. I don't know. I would love for there to be organizations like Noble Warriors that are uh, popping up across the country and having an impact on men and churches throughout our land. So let me uh, let me go back to tell you a bit of the backstory. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I um my career. I've had a couple of iterations in my life. I started out as a high school science teacher and coach, and uh, the way that all came about, I really wanted to go to med school. I went to the College of William and Mary, graduated after I graduated from high school, and was dead set on man. I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to help people in the world of medicine. But I got to William and Mary and started hanging out at the BSU, the Baptist Student Union. Got connected with a local church and was asked to do youth work over the summer at Walnut Hills Baptist Church. So I did that and began to fall in love with teenagers. Well, then the following year, I was uh, at a BSU retreat where they talked about summer missions and felt God uh, speaking to me about responding to a call to be a summer missionary. So I did. I uh, committed to that and was selected to be at Camp Alculana up in Bath County, Virginia. And so I had a great time with that experience. That's actually where I met Stacy. So that's a whole nother story that you may want to hear at some time. But God just confirmed for me at that juncture that I was to invest in kids. So I actually changed uh, my direction with my schooling. I finished up all the requirements for med school, but I never took the MCATs. And um, so I ended up teaching and coaching football and soccer at the high school level in Northern Virginia. Was in the classroom for five years, but during those five years, I got a master in educational leadership and um, then spent three years as an assistant principal at Stonewall Jackson High School in Manassas, Virginia, both those schools in Prince William County. But at the end of that um, season, I began to feel like our, our first son was born and I wanted to be a, an involved and engaged dad. I knew that the path that I was on with education was going to be a grueling one for a dad. Um, and so I, I was wrestling with that. And right about that time, my father-in-law was launching a new business. Um, his partner in a general 
contracting uh, residential construction company had decided that he wanted to get out. And uh, so they shut down that business, opened up a new one. And my father-in-law asked me if I would come and run the field operations and be a superintendent helping build custom houses. And so I did that. Um, I, I started with that thinking I would do it for a few years and see what turned out, see if I would move forward with that. Well, seven years into it, I began to feel like, you know, this is not what God made me for. Honestly, we were building huge houses for two people to live in, and I was just wrestling with this is, you know, God has something more for me. And I was I was challenged by that. But I was also uh, the single wage earner in our home. Stacy had become a stay-at-home mom. She's an accountant by training and trade. And um, so she had the promise of a great career and had launched that. But then when she said, I want to stay home and raise these kids, then we agreed that we would make adjustments to do that. So my income was the sole source of income for our family. Uh, so that put a little pressure on me. Uh, how do I, where do I go? But I was, I was wrestling with that, and I came home from work one day, and Stacy said, you know what, you are miserable, and it's making marriage miserable. I'm miserable. We're miserable because you aren't happy, and I'm ready to do something about it. Now, keep in mind that I am working with her dad. Um, I've bought into the business, the family business. We're doing okay. I mean, we're not making boatloads of money, but, but there's a future there. Um, and she, I tell everyone, is the miracle in this story because she said, I'm, I'm ready to do something different. So we began to pray about what that might be. And in that time, this was in the summer of 2004, I actually went to her father, and who's my business partner, and said, hey, I'm going to need to leave the company. And he said, where are you going? I said, I don't know. He said, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. I'm, I'm praying for clarity on that. And so we were just wrestling with that whole thing. And then one morning I was driving in my truck. I did tell him I, we had just started two big houses. So I said, we're going to I'm going to stay here until these houses are finished. I'm not going to leave you in a lurch. And so um, I was driving in my truck one morning, listening to focus on the family, headed to a job site uh, on the other side of the river and heard James Dobson talking with some guys about men's discipleship. Well, it's intriguing to me that those guys are now friends of mine. Uh, the men that were on the call with him were Chris Van Brocklin, Patrick Morley, who wrote Man in the Mirror, and um, oh my goodness, Vince Dacchioli of On Target Ministries, along with H.B. London. They were talking about men's discipleship, and I was just drawn into that because I'd always always been paying attention to how men were struggling and not doing well. I looked around even when I was in high school and college and said, man, there's some great girls out here, but there aren't a lot of great guys. Um, and I, I intently wanted to raise up good and godly young men in our home. And God had already blessed us with three sons. Uh, we had a Stacy was pregnant at the time with uh, with our fourth child, who's Hannah. But at any rate, I heard them talking about men's discipleship. I was drawn into it. And then they mentioned that there was going to be a gathering up in Washington, D.C. of men's ministry leaders. And I said, man, I need to go to that. So I came home. I told Stacy, I said, I need to go to this event. Well, it turns out that that was a local or it was a national gathering that year for the National Coalition of Ministries to Men. So I made arrangements to go. I think it was in October of 2004, went to that event and Man, I just felt like this. these are my people. This, this is incredible to be around these guys who are passionate about seeing men walk with Jesus and have impact in their lives. It just spoke to my heart. 
So I was there. I met guys like Chuck Stecker and Dan Erickson and Rod Handley. It was my first encounter with Robert Lewis. And just just on and on, it was high-impact stuff. Tom Joyce, Marty Granger. These are guys who I met that I'm now friends with in this men's ministry realm. But it was my first exposure to them. And um, so one evening, Brian Doyle, uh, who founded the the Iron Sharpens Iron National Conference Ministry, was receiving an award uh, recognition for outstanding ministry and he made a comment from the platform he said i'd like to think there'd be a hundred more full-time men's ministry leaders in the country in the coming year and i looked around that room there were probably 400 guys in that auditorium and i said my goodness god you are speaking to me this is uh you brought me here to hear this so i looked around and i said my goodness god you made that comment for me you're speaking to my heart right here and i need to be one of those guys so i got up from my seat and i after the uh the session was over and i went and found brian doyle and i stuck up my hand i shook his hand i said brian you don't know me my name is mike young and i don't know where there are 99 other guys but i will be in full-time men's ministry within a year i believe that god has called me clearly right now and he said that's awesome how are you going to do that and i said i don't know (laughs) he said well i I hope that works out for you or something i don't know we've joked about it many times since then but i came home that was in october of 2004 and began looking around where can i find a job a full-time job where someone would pay me to do men's discipleship and man i met with people denominational leaders pastors ask them about calling ask all these questions And there were plenty of people who said, I've got a great volunteer position for you. I'd love for you to help us with this. But no one had a salary. And as I understood it, I had to do this full time. My father-in-law even said, hey, don't you want to just kind of start in this slowly and do two days and three days or something? And I said, you know, my understanding is I have to go after this fully. So um, wrestling with this, and at about February of 2005, I was sitting at a house that we were building, waiting for some subcontractors. I had a pad of paper, and I was making notes and, and just wrestling with God, asking questions, which I've still got these pieces of paper. It's, it's uh, intriguing to me to go back and read the thoughts that I was processing. But I wrote down, as I was wrestling with that, independent community-based men's ministry. And I, and I laid my pen down and I said, God, you've spoken again through through this, this moment. You want me to start something. I said, but I don't know how to do that. So I went home and I told Stacy about that. And we went out on a date shortly thereafter and bought a book called Nonprofits for Dummies. It's still on our bookshelf here in the office. And we began to read about how do you start an organization? And so we wrestled with that. We talked to some advisors, asked a bunch of questions. And so on April the 30th of 2005, Noble Warriors Incorporated was officially recognized by the State Corporation Commission. So we had created a new entity. God had led us to create Noble Noble Warriors. And uh, so the name, a lot of folks say, well, where'd you get that name? Because it's a really cool name. And it is. We're very excited about it. So I knew the name Warriors had to be in the title. I just love that concept. And Psalm 127 verses four and five says, like arrows in the hands of a warrior are sons born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. And I just love the fact that God has has blessed us with these three sons especially and a daughter as well four kids to raise up as sharp and straight and true arrows but we have to release them we have to turn them loose so that they fly straight and go far and that they do damage for the kingdom and so i just love this idea of a warrior crafting arrows out of his kids or someone else's kids i mean we we all get to invest in the children of others 
So I knew Warriors had to be part of it, but I didn't know what went in front of it. And I've I've even got actually um, notes where I had all these different words in front of Warriors. But I was reading uh, devotionally one morning in Isaiah. I got to Isaiah 32, and verse 8 says, But the noble man makes noble plans, and by noble deeds he stands. And so again, I just kind of laid down my pen. I said, God, there it is. You've, uh, you're speaking to me. And so it became clear that what went in front of Warriors was noble. Noble warriors. And and so I have this vision in my mind of someone who's ready to do battle, someone who's equipped for battle, who's trained for battle, who's who's prepared for battle, but is going to do it in a valiant, holy, God-honoring, noble way. So that's what noble warriors, that's where the name came from. Um, and the arrows, you'll, you'll generally see arrows in our... Um, in our logos because we're thinking about those arrows that we are to be crafting. So that's uh, the name Noble Warriors. Uh, We were launched on April 30th, 2005. We finished up the two houses that uh, we were building at the time. And on January, not January, July 31st of 2005, I got my final paycheck from Avent Homes Incorporated and uh, sold my stock in the company back to my father-in-law. So I was was away from that business. And on August 1, the journey began of full-time men's ministry. And you probably have a lot of the same questions that I would, I did. Uh, as a matter of fact, I've got a list of them where I was working on this. How do we get paid? What do we do? How do we connect with churches? How do we make a difference? What is God calling us to do? Man, it was a blank slate when we started. And so it's just, uh, it's just been fantastic to see how God moved us along to create this ministry that was uh, ultimately has impacted a lot of folks. And so couple of points on that. Um, you know, we were, uh, Todd, I talk about, I'm, I may I'm give him a nickname here and call him Captain Podcast or something. I don't know. He's sitting across the table from me right now. But I remember we met each other in Lowe's on, uh, I think it was Christmas Eve of 2004. I bumped into you and told you about this story. We were going to the same church together. And I think I, at that time, kind of told you that. And that's correct. Yeah. And then shortly thereafter, we got together with a group of folks from that church at Doug and Wendy Gill's house. And I kind of made of an an announcement, a public announcement for the first time at that party right around Christmas time about this. So so there were people who were involved in praying for us and and walking with us through this journey since the very beginning. Um, And and they were willing to stand with us through the whole craziness of the of the thing. Um, Another couple of guys that come to mind in the summer of 2005 i i went through the quest for authentic manhood it's uh it's volume one of the original men's fraternity material i had found out about that when i went to the the ncmm conference in october and so in the summer of 2005 todd weingard and john lever went through the quest for authentic manhood with me so it was three of us going through the quest together over the summertime well in the fall i'm full-time in men's ministry now this has been critical to our our story. I led four groups of men through the quest for authentic manhood. I met with a group on Tuesday morning at 6 a.m., Wednesday morning at 6 a.m., Thursday morning at 6 a.m., and Wednesday evening at 6.30. Four different churches or locations, and these guys were just consumed with biblical manhood. It wasn't me. It was a teaching of Robert Lewis in the quest for authentic manhood. It was just phenomenal. And those guys were so hungry and delighted with what they were learning that many of them asked, could we launch a group? So in the fall of 2006, there were 11 men's fraternity groups that started. And this is just one little piece of how the impact of, of Noble Warriors. 
So 2006, there were 11 groups. 2007, in the fall of 2007, there were 39 groups in our region doing the quest for authentic manhood all over the Richmond area. And and then it grew to the point that we have lost count, really, of how many groups of men have been through the quest or 33 or some other material because Noble Warriors has been obedient and engaged in helping churches figure out the best resources, the best strategies, and the best methods to disciple men. So that's that's part of our story. Also, um, Brian Doyle, I mentioned, he's the founder of the Iron Sharpens Iron Conference Network. Well, in uh, 2005, I guess, I went to Denver for the NCMM meeting, and uh, Brian had invited a group of us there to hear about the launch of the Iron Sharpens Iron Conference Network. So we heard about that, and then in uh, the spring of 2006, uh, a couple of us traveled, still the same guys, uh, John Lever and and uh, Todd Weingard traveled up to Hartford, Connecticut to see uh, Iron Sharpens Iron Conference, came back and began planning our conference. So we hosted our first Iron Sharpens Iron Conference in February of 2007, and thus began a trajectory where we've had approximately 40 conferences. We've seen over 20,000 men in the state of Virginia impacted by our men's conferences. Uh, so the men's fraternity piece has been part of that, that morphed into other resources that we that we support and encourage guys to use and then the manger build we launched that that's an original concept when my kids were even before we started the ministry i would take the the boys out in the garage and we would build a manger together every year at christmas time and put it in front of the christmas tree and it was different every year um but when we started the ministry i said man i wonder if other guys would be interested in building a manger if we cut the wood and had everything ready for him, gave him some instructions. So I, I, went, I literally went out in the garage and I asked God to give me a design for a manger that nobody could screw up that would be very easy to do. And so he gave me the design that we now use. It's uh, 10 pieces of wood and 32 nails. And so God's multiplied that. We know the manger build has been done in over 30 states, and we have no idea how many thousands of men have built mangers with their kids and used them to keep Christ in front of Christmas. So those are those are some bits of the beginning of all of this. And, and I just want to talk for a few moments about how God has made things more clear for us. You know, as, as you get started with a scenario like this, it's kind of a shotgun approach. Man, we've painted houses, we've done service projects, we've done all kinds of different things to try and figure out traction. But if you ask me right now, what is the ministry and the work of Noble Warriors? Our mission statement says this, Noble Warriors serves churches as they equip men to walk with Christ and lead well. And so it's been a progression for us to understand that the church is our customer. We believe that God's design is for, first of all, for men to lead in their homes as a spiritual leader, to take initiative, to take responsibility, to um, to love their wives as Christ loved the church, to uh, raise up their children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. It's a man's responsibility to take leadership in that role, not domination, not authoritarianism, not any of those ugly words, but take responsibility and initiative to lead his home well. So we believe that's important, but we believe that the training for that should come through the local church. We are big fans of the local church, and we believe the bride of Christ is is beautiful because Christ sacrificed himself for the bride. And so our work is through the local church to help the church disciple men well. 
So our, our objective, even in doing these podcasts, is to help men's ministry leaders and other leaders in local churches to get ideas and to be creative about how you're investing in your men, how you are helping your men Walk with Jesus. A man has to walk with Christ first, because if we're trying to do this in our flesh, we're going to miss it. And so we have to help a man have a robust personal engagement with Jesus Christ, to understand that he is the example of manhood, and it's his example that we must follow. And then out of that, after we have that relationship with Jesus Christ, that knowledge of who he is, and and we identify with him as heirs together with Christ... um, then we can begin the process of learning to lead well. And the first leadership responsibility is to lead ourselves well. And this is another big thing that Noble Warriors is talking about all the time. How do you lead yourself well? Because my flesh, my desires, my emotions will take me to places that I should not go. They will take me to places that are destructive to me. They will take me to places that are dangerous for me and my family and my well-being. They're dangerous for the, for the witness of the Lord. Um, not that he can't take care of himself but I can damage that. And so a man's got to lead himself well, and then he's got to lead others well. And so often we think about a man leading his family. Well, that's if, if God's blessed you with a family, then you lead them well. But I talk to my sons all the time before they're, one's married, but two of them are not. Talk to them about their responsibility to lead in a godly manner, regardless of where they are. So even before a man has responsibility for a family, he can lead well in community and with other guys. And um, and then as God blesses you with family and responsibility and community influence and church influence, you lead well in those areas is also. But it starts, first of all, with that relationship with Jesus Christ. Do I know him as Savior and Lord and and am I willing to live in obedience to his call on my life? So if, if, if you ask me what Noble Warriors is all about, we our vision is to see all men walk with Christ and lead well. That's our vision, to see that across the world, across the U.S., around the globe. But our mission is to accomplish that through the local church. So we love the local church. We partner with the local church. And often when someone says to me, hey, would Noble Warriors be interested in doing this? If I can't see a clear way that what is being requested is helping the local church disciple men. We say, no, we don't want to be a part of that. Keep you, You're welcome to do it, but, but we don't want to partner with you on that because it takes us outside of our mission. So there's, there's much more that I could tell you about the, the development of our ministry, where things have gone, how God has blessed us. Um, this has been an amazing journey, one that we could not have written 15 years ago. If Stacy were sitting here beside me, she would give testimony about how God has been faithful to us financially, how he has blessed us, how we just shake our heads in amazement at his goodness. Uh, we are confounded at times by the ways he does things and the timing of things. Clearly, I think we all struggle with that, but then we have to step back and recognize that he is sovereign and we are not. And so we're just so thankful uh, for the privilege of being able to do this work. I, I surely feel called to this. I know this is what God made me for, and the days that he has brought me through, the the experiences that he has created in my lifetime have prepared me for this work that he has me doing right now through Noble Warriors. And I'm just thankful that you are part of it in some way. Just the fact that you're listening to this, I pray that God has used this to prick your heart. Maybe he's calling you to step up and lead in your family differently. Maybe he's calling you to, to lead in your church differently. 
differently. Maybe he's calling you to do something unusual in terms of a call to ministry. I don't know, but I pray that God uses the Nobleman podcast, the the broad ministry of Noble Warriors, and some aspect of what we're doing to bring glory to himself, first of all, but also to encourage you in your walk and your capacity to lead for his glory. So again, there's more I could tell you, but I'm up against the time crunch, so I'm going to shut this down and just say thank you for your prayers for Noble Warriors. We covet them, and we delight in what God is doing. We delight in hearing the stories of impact and just pray that God would continue to encourage you and bless you. And uh, if there are things that we can do to help you or to pray for you, please let us know. God bless you, folks, and we will uh, catch you on the next episode of the Noble Man Podcast.